Hello there! Welcome to the International Business Podcast, a show for those who work across time zones, borders, and cultures. I'm your host, Leonardo, from Shanghai, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. We also have a new co-host, Stefano, based in Paris. Coming up on today's episode. And that's what the UK is offering. It's offering a business ecosystem that allows companies to be really and highly competitive. People voted to be out of the EU. It doesn't mean that they voted to end a relationship and forget whatever, whatever was done in the previous years. Leonardo is a petroleum engineer turned into business strategist. He spent most of his career leading projects for an international oil corporation and recently he's been providing consulting services to firms who want to expand to the UK. You can find more information about Leonardo, beautiful man by the way, in the show notes. Co-host Stefano is leading the episode. Enjoy. Hi Leonardo. I'm very glad to have you on and welcome to the show. Hi, Stefano. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Also very glad to be here with you. Why would you define yourself as an international professional? It all started right after I graduated from the university. Uh, my background is a petroleum engineer. So right after I graduated there in 2007, uh, I joined this multinational, very big oil services, oil and gas services company. I remember the first email, uh, you know, after signing the contract and everything, the first email I got was, okay, uh, here's your flight tickets to Rio de Janeiro because that's a week of introduction to the company. It wasn't my first time outside my country, my country of origin, which is Venezuela, but it was my first time outside that country um, for a job-related job um, trip, you know. A very good week I had and really enjoyed it and then went back to Venezuela where, where I was based and then I spent there about two or three months and then I remember it was a Friday and my boss was like hey you need to be in France on Monday so you you fly to France on Sunday and I was like is this going to be like this well yeah it was going to be like that Um I traveled to France stayed there for about three months so I would say there started you know the relationship between me and international work or international business and in 2009 my now wife was transferred to or relocated to Mexico and then I went uh, with her to Mexico so I worked in Mexico for about um, four years and then went back to Venezuela. And then back in 2017, we decided to leave Venezuela because of the social political situation there. And then we came to the UK and then we are living here in the UK, in Scotland for about three years now. Could you tell us a little bit more about the reasons why companies should expand to the UK? Especially, especially after the, the pandemic or, you know, since the pandemic started, when you speak to people in business, the answer or the most common answer is 
that they are very bullish about the future after the pandemic ends. So companies need to make everything that's possible to remain competitive. But if you add to that an environment that give you a, a strong support to be competitive, then half of your way is, or half of your, I won't say half of your work, but a lot of your work is done. And that's what the UK is offering. It's offering a business ecosystem that allows companies to be really and highly competitive. Starting with, it's the fifth largest uh, economy in the world. So you have a, a robust financial sector in the UK. That is the key driver for domestic growth and powerful force for the economy uh, or to the economy in the UK. You have, secondly, a strong business reputation. You have four universities. I'm jumping to, to the talent side of why the UK, uh, why to span to the UK. So you have four universities here in the top 10 universities around the world. Another one that companies are looking for is a friendly business environment. More specifically, it's about tax. It's almost like tax heaven here in the UK. You have the lowest taxes uh, in the G7. It's 19%, although companies need to be aware that by 2023, that number will increase to 23%. But I mean, if you're on business, then if you do the math, uh, the impact is not going to be that big. Last but not least, uh, you have a transparent and highly competitive supporting legal and regula uh, regulatory environment. Whatever business you do in the UK, you can rest assured that you have the legal backup that any incompliance or any uh, issue that you're going to have is going to be resolved. These are actually all good reasons to come expand in the UK. My intention now is not to debunk what you said, but everything that you said, it's actually, it's, it's really true. Um, these are numbers and figures. Um, when, when you were mentioning the universities, I believe we were talking about Oxford and Cambridge or um, Durham, I don't know, okay. Every point that you were mentioning, all I could think of, unfortunately, was Brexit, 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 Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my question about the, um, for example, for the, legal back, for the legal backup, the amount of talents that at this point, I hope it will not only be local, but as you said, again, still international, the tax heaven that you were mentioning before, etc. In your opinion, all of this will remain the same after Brexit or will somehow change? The straight answer to that is it will remain the same. It will change. As the, first, the fifth largest economy in the world, you cannot, you cannot just let everything go down a hole and lose whatever power you have as a country just because you voted out of the, of the EU. Whoever is worried just now being a person or a company, just take that worry out and think of there is a strong effort 
behind whatever is done in, in the UK to remain one of the top countries in the world? I wouldn't be true to myself. I to answer your uh, your comment. I didn't bring up my uh, personal experience. I work for a British company based in Bournemouth, and we do international B2B um, importing from China and exporting from all around Europe. Mm -hmm. And I must say that my personal experience was, I would say, a bit different. We encountered various difficulties in the import-export and in the regulations that you mentioned. Uh, because in order to comply to the new Brexit regulations, first, we need to understand which which are the, the new Brexit regulations. And from my understanding, our regulatory office did not have the tools to do that because the Brexit was done very quickly uh, in a very kind of chaotic manner. And starting off in the 1st of January, no guidelines, no guidelines were given right away to the companies. As you said, little by little, all the companies are starting to comply with all the new regulations, but it's it's a, a shifting word. Uh, it's not something that they told us like the, the 3rd of February, you have to do this, this and that. Um, we are exporting all around Europe and for each company, for each country, it's very hard because there are no common grounds now uh, it's all international laws and we we needed to go back to the to the old import export laws and everything it's starting to get better the pandemic didn't help like worst time worst timing ever <laughs> but that's you know that's it is what it is um so i i and i completely understand what you mean but my personal experience for instance was was a little bit different you know, I, I'm saying everyone, I think that your personal experience, everyone can relate to your personal experience in the terms of if it was properly planned or not, seems like it wasn't, like it was, you know, in a rush. We need to do this because we need to comply with this date and date. And, and yeah, but when you look further, you know, a year's time or two to five years time. Brexit was going to be like, oh, okay, remember when we had to work a bit more to understand all the laws because of Brexit? Yeah, that's it. It's just a mess up. It's not the end of the of the business world in the UK. I guess it's, it's a new start. So it's, it's a bump on the road that needs to be sorted out. And that's it. And let's let's dive actually into the uk's current landscape for you which are the most relevant sectors in the uk now the tech industry that would be like the main one uk there is a plan for the uk to be the most innovative country in the world by 2030 and and that is not just a you know, political bluffing, that is actually a plan. Whatever is behind that word in uh, what innovation, it's strong. That means artificial intelligence, data analytics, data science, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, whatever means that. So whatever is behind the, the 
tech-based company, that's that's a big, big potential there. It doesn't mean that it's the only one in the UK. You have 28 different sectors with huge potential uh, in the UK. But uh, my best guess is that, yeah, it's going to be tech-based companies, um, the ones that are going to be <laughs> at the top of, of that of that. Are you picturing sort of a UK version of the Silicon Valley, for instance, like a hub? Definitely, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. We all know that UK is, was, <laughs> set as the world's most global financial center, offering, for instance, uh, outstanding access to capital, clients and collaborators. Uh, so, again, my perspective is that talking with a lot of friends and clients in the UK, they explained to me how this focus, it's a little bit from the financial point of view, it's a bit shifting from all the companies moving up, moving out of the UK, moving out of London as the financial center and going to Germany, uh, the Netherlands, um, Ireland, moving out of the most important financial hub consider you know the, the the city of london and without again without being political is brexit impacting this or uh, you don't uh, again you don't see a shifting or you don't see a complete turn of the page of the situation but just a bump in the road yeah as i said before it's just a bump in the road um the the uk will be the stepping door to europe uh, you have in the UK the number one country in foreign investment by far. It's the third in the world and it's the number one in Europe. Companies wanting to... Sorry, can you expand on that? Because it's a bit weird uh, for me to understand how the UK can be the door to Europe without being in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um one thing that you have to keep in mind is that you cannot, you have a lot of history of background before Brexit. You cannot lose all that just because you ended a political, whatever, whatever it needs to be called, association with the EU. It's like think of think of a marriage that ended. Are you sure you want to use this analogy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to continue using this, but what I was saying is there is a lot of background out there. It's a lot of relationship uh, with the euro. I mean, people voted to be out of the EU. I'm not defending Brexit. I'm not against or pro-Brexit. I'm just saying the fact people voted to be out of the EU. It doesn't mean that they voted to end a relationship and forget whatever whatever was done in the previous years. Business is business. And when you're in business, you want to make money. And talking about expanding to the UK as the door to Europe, what are the different ways to expand in the United Kingdom? It depends really on what you want to do and where you want to go with your expansion. 
as you know, there are different uh, way, ways to span. You can export directly or indirectly, then you can uh, branch out to the UK or you can partnership or do a joint venture with a company in the UK. Which of those is the best? There is not a definite answer to that. I guess it depends on the nature of your business. I'll give you an example. Right now, we are working with a Colombian company that manufactures high fashion garments for pets. So if you want your pet to be fashion, then you have to go to that Colombian company. And in discussions with that company, and based on the previous experience that they've had exporting internationally, we said, look, the best way for you just now to go into the UK market is you start exporting indirectly to the UK. So we are going to find you a partner there in the UK that buys your product and then resells there in the UK. That's the best first step for you to go there to the UK. It doesn't mean that it's the only way. Another company that we are starting to work with, we are figuring, we are in the process of figuring out what would be the best way to go for them. They are a Peruvian company. They make technology for the Internet of Things and they create a different products there and, and they import their hardware from China to Peru. So it's, it's very logical like that to say, look, branch out or at least have a warehouse or a partner in the UK. And then instead of importing from China to Peru, and probably someone from the Peruvian government will kill me. But instead of importing from China to Peru, then you import from China to the UK. So imagine the savings that you're going to have. So it depends on each business. And you were mentioning Colombian companies, Peruvian companies really quickly. And we moved to the other side of the world now, across the pond, but a bit south. Is the Latin American countries and market a strategic area that companies uh, should look into. I remember Brazil, for instance, being the engine uh, that was dragging South America. But I, I think I read lately that it kind of slowed down the boom that Brazil had in the last decade. Uh, but I read that, yes, Peru, uh, Peru uh, Chile, Colombia uh, was a very big country that was actually in the verge of developing a lot for all different sectors, I believe. Is this what you are experiencing now? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's huge. I mean, Latin America is huge. And we're speaking about Latin America only when we live in the United States and Canada behind. So we're speaking about Mexico or Argentina, from Argentina to Mexico is you, you have almost a billion people, a market with billion people there is, I think it's between 700 and 800 million people there. So it's a huge potential. For example, yeah, you mentioned Peru, Chile, 
Argentina, Argentina right now would get politically a bit unstable. So that that's that would say I guess is the backside, the dark side for Latin America is on uh, political instability. But apart from that, then you have yeah a good a good um, business you know dynamic there in Latin America, uh, Chile, Peru, Colombia, Mexico. Brazil is, although it's part of Latin America, I would say Brazil is Brazil. Brazil is very different, and business, the way they drive business is very different to the way other countries drive businesses, especially because of the language. Spanish and Portuguese, although similar, that, that's one of the differences. But yeah, the big ones, Chile, Peru, Colombia, Mexico, especially Mexico, the business opportunities that you can have there, you can find there, it's extremely amazing. Right now, the opportunities uh, are taking it from from an expert that was in a in a uh, round in a roadshow uh, between Latin America and the UK a few weeks ago. Uh, the opportunities in Latin America right now is life sciences, so pharmaceutical telemedicine, biotechnologies, again, tech-based companies, yeah, tech, bio, agrotech, biotech, those are the companies that need to go from anywhere in the world to Latin America and provide services or products there. Uh, Mining and energy will uh, continue and will continue to be one of the, you know, heads of the of any uh, business in latin america infrastructures and a lady mentioned cybersecurity in peru but i guess it's cybersecurity all over latin america and um, with with how the world is going to you know is going to be increasing in terms of technology cybersecurity cybersecurity will be you know ahead of, of the game and to someone who's thinking of expanding internationally, what is the, I would say, the main piece of advice that you'd give them? Right. Um, expanding internationally is not a child's game. You need to take that very seriously. I'm guessing when we are speaking expanding internationally, we are not speaking to someone that is unmature in business. We're speaking to people that is really mature and know where to go in business, know what to do. But again, it's a good reminder. You need to be really prepared. So the number one advice that I would say is prepare, 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 and plan, 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 especially a strategic planning. And then I've got my final question that I ask everyone. I, I love this part, not because it's the end, but because it's the most, I would say, personal question that we always ask our guests. And can I ask you to please tell us about one memorable moment from your international career? The most, doesn't matter if it's the most successful, uh, the, the funniest, the most catastrophic episode, the most embarrassing one or the, the one time that you felt you won <laughs> your pick? I can't think of one specific one, but I can, I can think of, let's say, two or three related ones. I do love and enjoy the 
cultural differences. And I do my best to culturally fit into whatever new culture I'm in. For example, in Mexico, the first time we got there, we are, I am from Venezuela. And the way we do business in there or there in Venezuela is very relaxed. We are friendly. We are all right. We are okay people. It was kind of the same in Mexico, but it was kind of different, the relationship between your boss and you as someone that, you know, reports up. That was really hard to understand. But once I did it, once I understood, oh, this is, this is how things needs to be done in business here in Mexico, that was a memorable, memorable moment. Yeah, my second experience is exactly the same. This is not, this didn't have a, a good end. And it's the business experience here in the UK that I worked in a company that most of them were PhDs. Most of them were local. Scottish pe uh, people, PhDs, with a lot of scientific background. My experience there wasn't that great. I couldn't completely fit into how things needed to be done. I guess I had more time to figure it out in Mexico than I had here, and the problem was the pandemic. But I felt really frustrated, like I. I can't figure it out. I can't, I can't manage to fit. And I'm trying my best. I'm doing my best. And I couldn't. And now I'm not working there any longer, but I continue to, you know, feed that thought in my mind. And I'm trying to figure out, oh, okay, this is what needs to be done. This is the way you need to communicate. These are the things that you need to do in order to culturally and business culturally fit into this environment. Leonardo, before we go, who should connect with you and tell us a little bit more about your current role? My current role, owner of a company called Broden Base that basically provides a strategic support to companies wanting to expand internationally, specifically if the expansion is to the UK. Uh, so we create a strategic plan that you need to have a successful expansion. And then we manage that plan for your successful expansion. Who should connect with us? Because of our, of our Latin American background, we bridge the gap, the cultural and linguistic gap between Spanish and English. So anyone having a cultural difficulty, cultural requirement uh, to fill a gap between Latin America and the UK, these are the people that, that uh, should connect with us. As companies, C executives or directors that have been delaying, scaling their business internationally, either because they don't know the exact process that will need to, you know, take to expand internationally or either because they don't have and they don't know how to reach uh, the necessary people that they need to reach in order to be successful in another country. 
or either because they don't have the resources to do it. They don't have a dedicated team to take care of it. I want to thank you for your insights, really interesting insights on both the UK and the LATAM market. And thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast. Thank you very much. Subscribe today to listen to more international business stories. We have new guests every Monday. Connect with us on LinkedIn, info in the show notes. See you next week. Cheers.